Welcome to Whiskey and Lemon. I am your host, Lana Mercedes. I am diving right into more of your questions on work-life balance. So let's get started. The first question is, how do you balance not always working when you're not in the office? So this sounds like someone that's working from home and they're asking how to not overwork. Okay, I'm extremely intentional about time blocking. This method is very useful if you find yourself starting a bunch of projects at the same time and essentially making them take longer than they need to be. This is what some people like to call multitasking, which I don't believe in. Dropping in some audio from episode 22 on that now. Eliminate unnecessary multitasking, which isn't even a real thing, by the way. There is no productivity in sitting in a meeting, responding to emails, texting and adding notes to your CRM all at the same time. Not only is it disrespectful to the parties of that meeting, but it also provides opportunity for error and other work. According to Susan Cain, multitasking is a prized feat of modern day office warriors, and it is a myth. Scientists now know that the brain is incapable of paying attention to two things at the same time. What looks like multitasking is really switching back and forth between multiple tasks, which reduces productivity and increases mistakes by up to 50% listen to that episode which is entitled organized and productive i recommend checking that out as it will really get into detail on this question and a couple others that come up in this episode other reasons it is good to time block is that it will help you focus and reduce distractions you can plan your day much better knowing where you can complete certain tasks especially when other tasks and projects are dependent on those ones scheduling in your breaks to refresh your mind will help you to maintain your energy And in answering this question, it will help you to overwork less when you plan your day out this way. Sure, some things may pop up or shift your agenda, but having time blocking be a normal practice will help you provide a framework so that you make the best use of your time. This is also important for those that have a very flexible schedule and too easily take advantage of that. My schedule is flexible, but because I do not want to be working into the night, I am intentional about getting my work done during the day. If you do prefer working at nights and having more freedom during the day, then you can utilize time blocking in the reverse of how my calendar would look. Question number two, how do you handle multiple urgent projects all at once? It's important to me to keep priority on my projects, so even if they are urgent, there is one that will come first, especially when I am someone that doesn't believe in multitasking. You're not being efficient and can often make tasks take longer than they need to be. If you have the ability to do so, delegate to an assistant or take a good look at the positions of your team. Are you trying to take over creative writing aspects of every project when you have a creative writer already on the team? Number three, is it most effective to work in teams or on your own when trying to sustain a work-life balance? That is very much dependent on your responsibilities and how you personally work. I personally do have teams in certain areas of my work, so I'm able to congregate for team discussions and then break off and do my own individual work. That is how I'm most effective, so I provide where I am on things, hear what others are working on and how that will play a role into my work, and then I do my actual work time in my own solo mode. Question number four is when are you most productive? I've heard a lot of people talk about how they're most productive out with friends, at the gym, in the middle of the night, I do sometimes get random ideas, 
before bed, but really I'm most creative or have some big picture ideas when I'm either in nature or bored out of my mind. When I'm bored, I want to get out of being in that way, obviously, so the creative juices start flowing. Think about when you were a kid and you were so bored. You swore you're going to lose your mind because you had no one to play with and you were sick of the toys you had. That is usually when your imagination got to work. Think of those kids that start playing with paper towel holders and cardboard boxes when they have untouched toys in their room. We can really, shall I say, think outside of the box in those moments. Question number five is how do you handle rejection and not take it personal? The best way I can really answer this is just to say that it is okay to feel rejected. You may even have some regrets as to how you got rejected thinking maybe you could have done something differently. What I will say is the best way to get beyond regret is finding the lesson. If you find the lesson in something, the regret begins to fade. If not, instantly disappear. Every time I have been rejected, whether that be a personal or professional endeavor, something better always came along. And I don't say that to be cliche. I mean that. Something better always came along. Question number six, how do you deal with being overwhelmed or feeling completely lost on a project? You have to take projects one section at a time. If you're stuck on one part and that is what is holding up everything else, gain clarification. Do your research, watch a training video. If need be, go back through your notes and ask for help. And if you're a creative and just can't come up with anything, get bored. (laughs) Question number seven, how to say no and not feel guilty or worried about the consequences. The most important part is giving things your best. So if you're doing that, you're golden. I say yes to what I have the bandwidth to say yes to. Me saying yes when I know I'm spread thin serves no one. It provides whoever I am making a promise to the lowest form of value I can give them. Whether that is agreeing to go to lunch when I know I only have 20 minutes, have a lot of stress clouding my ability to connect and be present, or if it's a work task that I know I cannot get to. It also isn't fair for me. I'm causing exhaustion for myself, risking delivering poor work, and possibly straining relationships if I cannot show up the way I am insinuating that I can. Question number eight is how do you handle when family and friends think your flexible work schedule schedule? <laughs> work schedule is at their discretion. Saying no would be good here. I can completely relate to wanting to say yes to those you care about because it makes them happy, but the reality of the situation is that you cannot pour from an empty glass. Really, you can't pick up an overflowing glass either. So your work time is one thing. You need to commit to that so that you can give 100% to those personal relationships of yours. Otherwise, you will commit to something and be half paying attention to what you are doing because you are thinking or doing something else. That is one area that many are not cognizant of. You may be carrying a weight of stress, thinking about the fact that you put off work, then thinking about all the ways in which that'll affect you down the line. This could also lead to resentment with whoever you may have said yes to just to appease them. The more you set boundaries with family and friends on your work time and your colleagues on your personal time, the easier it will be to continue doing. Question number nine is how do you avoid burnout? So for those that work remote, you have to make sure that you work from home and you don't live at work. Be clear on what is needed and be honest with when you can make things happen. A key to work and life in general really is under promise over deliver. If you are quick to promise things that you are already thinking may be impossible to do, you shouldn't make the promise. Behind the work is a person that needs mental, emotional, and physical balance. If you are a shell of a human, you have very little you can contribute. And question number 10 is, is pursuing success worth risking relationships and your personal life? 
I have goals and my partner thinks I'm focusing on the wrong things. All right, so I save this question for last because it's just a really specific but good one. You want to make sure that you are fulfilled and happy in life so that you can be the best version of yourself for you and also so that you can show up accordingly for your relationship. My longer answer is I think it's very important to evaluate your priorities with your partner while also listening to your partner's priorities. Make sure when you have this conversation that you lay out your personal goals and priorities as well as your goals and priorities for your relationship. Let me give you two examples. Your goal is to buy a home in the next year and priority would be to climb the corporate ladder to achieve that goal. And your goal for the relationship is to start a family and a priority for you is to simply make sure that your partner aligns on these things. If your partner is aligned on all these things, then that's great. Or even if you just want to know that your partner is aligned on the fact that your goal is to buy a house and climb the corporate ladder and you just want to know that your partner can be supportive of your vision, that can also work. The real work may be if you want those things and your partner wants to travel for the next 10 years. So buying a home in one location and paying on it isn't what they want to do. And they find that your drive to climb the corporate ladder doesn't play into their desire for a modest and private lifestyle. Well, there are larger conversations to be had. Your personal goals and priorities may not affect your relationship. What you really need from one another is support. However, if it deeply affects the relationship or your partner's personal goals, you'll have to see how you can make compromises. Maybe. You may not have to make compromises. Once you talk it out and discuss timelines and intention behind the goals, it may be a matter of realizing you have the same goals and you'll have to work together to map out how you will get to those goals. The priorities may be easier to adjust to attain the end game. I'm leaving you with my two quotes for this week. First one's from Dan Price. If you can't afford to pay your workers, you don't deserve their work. And second quote is by Layla Ali, focus on being balanced. Success is balance. Again, I appreciate all of you listening and sharing this podcast. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 